Thank you for tuning in to the Behavioral Wealth Consulting Podcast, where our mission is to help you change your behavioral decisions by improving your financial literacy. If you want to live a more fulfilling life and get on track towards your long-term financial goals, it requires changing behaviors, developing a plan, and prioritizing your financial decisions. Now to your host and certified personal finance consultant, Richard Maricut. Hello, and thank you for joining me today. I am your host, Richard Maricut, where my goal is to help you change your behavioral decisions by improving your financial literacy. Uh, for today's topic, I'm excited about this one, um, talking about uh, understanding your credit um, or improving your credit. Um, you know, whenever you talk about finances or um, anything related to money, the, the topic of credit often comes up, right? Many, mainly because lenders often use credit score uh, to determine your risk factor, right? So today's topic, we're going to go a little bit more in depth on um, a variety of things surrounding credit, credit score, how to improve credit, and so forth. Um, before we get started, um, just a reminder, I am not a financial advisor. Um, today's podcast is for educational purposes only, um, not intended for any specific financial advice. Always consult with your own financial advisor uh, before making any financial decisions that are based on your situation. So let's get right into it. So, you know, if you're listening to this podcast, you're probably thinking, you know, why, why, why listen to me, right? So a little bit about myself, um, you know, in my early 20s, um, I made it a point to understand credit. Now, back then in, in, in the late 90s, early 90s, I remember hearing stories of people that were getting pagers or beepers, um, getting their accounts uh, in their name for someone else, uh, and then that relationship would you know, go away, break apart, boyfriend and girlfriend would separate, and before you know it, someone's credit was ruined because of an unpaid cell phone or, or pager, um, a pager bill, right, that went on for months because there was no ownership and didn't understand the impact of it. So, uh, you know, most of the, again, most of the stories that I would hear, boyfriend, girlfriend would break up and um, someone would stop paying it and whoever put the the account in their name ultimately paid the price um, you know unfortunately I, I remember hearing stories of people 18 19 20 years old um, you know suffering greatly and taking years to recover out of um, a situation like that but ever since then you know I've made it a financial um, I've made my decisions based off of you know, understanding how things would impact my my credit score. Uh, most recently, one of my FICO score reports uh, that I received through one of my credit card companies had me at a score of 863, um, which is the highest score that I've ever seen reported on on myself. Um, but we'll we'll spend a little bit more time in today's session talking about score ranges, uh, so you can get a better understanding of what an 863 score actually means. So, you know, what is credit, right? So the, by the definition, credit is the ability of a customer to obtain goods or services before payment based on the trust that a payment will be made in the future. Uh, there's, there's two types of credit scores. There's, there's a generic score and then there's custom credit score. Generally, um, in these two types, credit, the gener generic credit scores are used by many lenders 
uh, and businesses to determine general credit risk, whereas a custom credit score can be developed by uh, individual lenders. Um, so whether that be your your bank, um, or you know if you're trying to get a car loan, something like that, um, you know each lender can put specific criteria to change the range of the score. Uh, typical scores uh, are up to 850, but they can go up to 900 depending on the specific lender and how they're evaluating someone's risk. Um, when, when you're, and whenever you're talking about a credit score, you're, you're typically going to hear the term FICO score. So what is a FICO score? Um, or a FICO credit score um, is, was created by the Fair Isaac Corporation. So that's uh, what, what FICO is. It's used in more than 90% of credit decisions uh, made in the U.S. And many, len many lenders actually use a FICO score as kind of their bare minimum to make approvals. So it's kind of a industry standard, so to speak. So whether, again, it's a loan for a car or, or house, FICO score typically comes into play on your credit worthiness. So what makes up a FICO score? A um, few different factors, and I'll, and I'll break these out by percentages. The, the largest one is payment history, which makes up 35%. This refers to whether an individual pays their credit amounts on time. Then you have the accounts owed or your utilization, credit utilization. This makes up 30%. This refers to the amount of money an individual owes. Uh, and most experts you'll see say that you should have um, be using less than 30% of your overall limit. Okay. Um, third one is length of credit history. This makes up about 15% of your score. Uh, as a general rule, the longer you have your credit, the better your score, right? Because there's more history that a uh, lender could reference um, your, your credit worthiness. Number four is credit mix. Uh, this refers to the variety of accounts. Um, so whether that's credit cards, installment loans like uh, auto or mortgage, that is what a credit mixture is. So uh, again, lenders like to see a variety of different pay, pay options that you have on your report. And then the last one is new credit, which makes up another 10%. This refers to any recently opened accounts. Um, you know, the more accounts that are opened in a short period of time, that can be looked at as a higher risk. Uh, because again, as a lender, uh, if they see someone who's trying to open up multiple accounts in a short period of time, that's typically a flag that something might be going on and someone's trying to obtain uh, credit in order to, to survive, right? So that is a potential flag for, for lenders. FICO scores and, and credit, uh, credit scores can be the same thing, but FICO scores also create different products and other companies can create credit scores. So a credit score um, is the general name for what is a computer model that analyzes consumer credit reports to determine a score, whereas FICO offers a specific brand of credit score that many lenders use when determining uh, an applicant's credit worthiness, uh, whether it's their payment history, um, current level of debt, types of credit used, length of credit history, and again, new accounts. Uh, but some lenders uh, choose to use their own scoring models or, um, or use competitor 
credit scores um, in order to, again, make their, their assessment or evaluation. Um, FICO does this uh, or, you know, creates their score by using some complex al uh, algorithms based on information that is pulled from your credit report. Um, and, you know, they will, uh, again, sometimes make the credit more difficult to obtain depending on what you are trying to or the type of loan that you're trying to get. And in case you didn't know, um, there are three national credit bureaus. Those are TransUnion, Experian, and Equifax. Now, another interesting fact about um, FICO is that periodically they release new versions of its scores, and it creates uh, different versions of its scores in order to work with each bureau's databases, which is why there are many uh, FICO scores. So if you happen to have, for example, two or three credit cards that um, on your mobile app now, you'll, you'll often see, you know, check your score, check your FICO score for free. Um, and that's because, and if you happen to look at your score from one credit card company to another, you might notice that the score might be off by, you know, 10, 15, maybe even 20 points. And that's because each lender, again, may have their own criteria of what they uh, create their score for them. And um, that causes somewhat of that, that variance. The credit scoring models, um, you know, they rank the consumer credit behavior. So someone with a higher score is considered less likely to miss a payment than someone with a lower score. Uh, and therefore, a higher score can help you sometimes secure better terms or lower interest rates when you're applying for credit. You know, as I mentioned earlier, FICO scores can range from 300 up to 850, um, which is you know, how they group consumers by credit score ranges. Um, however, one thing to keep in mind is even if they use the same range, the information that a credit report, uh, even if they use the same scoring, their models may take a unique approach um, with, with the score. Okay. Uh, and keep in mind that lenders can, again, have their own scoring that may go up as high as 900. Um, however, 850 is typically the norm. You know, 800 to 850 is typically what is considered exceptional. Um, you have 740 to 799 is considered very good. Uh, 670 um, to 739 is considered good. Uh, 580 to 669 is considered fair, and 300 to, 300 to 579 is considered uh, very poor. So, you know, why is credit important, right? And, and the way I'd probably phrase it differently is, you know, what is your credit costing you, right? So not knowing your credit score and, and what's on your credit report um, is impacting quite a few things, right? So the first things naturally is if you're trying to get additional credit, um, you know, not having good credit can prevent that. Um, it also can impact, you know, mortgage, home loans, equity loans, personal loans, business loans, um, car loans, even car leases. Um, you know, if you're trying to get home or renter's insurance, if you're trying to rent an apartment, and even employment, uh, while not legally able to, add, while you're not able to legally ask someone for their score, um, they can access your credit reports with written permission according to the Fair Credit Reporting Act. 
Okay, so keep keep that in mind. So now that we've talked about what credit is, um, spend a little time talking about you know some steps to improve your credit. Um, first is probably the most obvious, but paying paying your bills on times. You know this this seems simple, yet it's one of the most common reasons for negative impacts to credit. Uh, lenders use payment history as one of the biggest factors when it's um, when it's considered a good predictor of future performance. Um, so in order to you know maximize uh, or be consistent with paying your bills on time, you know you can look at your bank and use tools like automatic payments to make sure that you know your 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 payments are automatically done without you having to manually uh, transfer funds. The second thing is paying off debt and keeping balances low on credit cards. So credit utilization we talked about earlier, which makes up a big chunk, 30% of your overall score, um, is definitely another important factor in your, your calculation. Um, this can be calculated by adding up all your credit card balances um, at any given time and dividing that by the amount of your total credit limit. Um, right. So once you do that, you'll see a percentage and that's credit utilization. So trying to stay under <clears throat> uh, under 30 percent utilization, the lower the number, um, the better um, that a lender might see your your risk uh, factor being low. Number three, apply for and open new credit cards accounts uh, only as needed. So, you know, don't apply for accounts just to have a better credit mix. It probably won't improve your your overall credit score by you know cr opening up accounts that you're not going to use. Um, it may actually harm your credit score by creating too many hard inquiries on your credit report, um, and hard inquiries remain on your credit report for for two years. And I'll, I'll explain a little bit about hard inquiries and soft inquiries here in a moment. Number four, um, don't close unused credit cards. So I know that um, you know very early um, when I first started to open credit or establish credit, um, I remember paying off one of my first credit cards and my way of not spending or you know having the the habit of using my card again is not only did I cut up the card, but I closed my account so I wouldn't be tempted to use it. I didn't understand then that closing your account um, also impacts your available credit. And so if you happen to have limits on other credit cards, it makes your utilization increase, right? So if you if you want to reward yourself by, by paying off debt, closing off a credit card, um, you know, cutting a physical card um, is a much better approach than closing your account. You never know that when you may need it, um, and it actually plays in your favor by having an established account with history um, that it's been paid off rather than closing the physical account. And number five is uh, dispute any inaccuracies on your credit report. Um, you know, you should you should check all three credit uh, bureaus at least once a year. Um, and if, and if you didn't know, you could actually go to any of those, um, credit bureaus and get a copy. You, you're entitled to get one free copy per year. So you can actually spread that out. So you may do a TransUnion in January, do an Equifax, Equifax copy in, in June, 
right? And just spread it out through the course of the year. So you can get, you know, free copies um, from each of the credit bureaus um, three times a year if you split it up. And that gives you a way of just doing a pulse check to make sure that you're not a victim of, of identity theft and someone's opening up credit uh, in your name without you knowing it. All right. Um, and then the, the last thing I wanted to touch on. So, you know, we've, we've talked about what credit is. We, we talked about um, steps to improve your credit score. You know, and if you're in a situation now that you may need help with um, improving your credit score, or you're seeking professional help. Just a couple of things I want to go over for you to consider before hiring a credit repair company. Um, you know, you may have seen those signs, uh, a lot of advertisements uh, about, you know, quick credit repair um, will we'll improve your score for $99.99, you know, something crazy like that. Uh, and it typically, you know, we've all heard this saying, if it seems too good to be true, it probably is. You know, here are some things to consider before giving money to a credit repair company. Um, a, a credit repair company rate really depends on the services um, that you require or are requesting. Um, there, there can be more of these tailored uh, comprehensive programs depending on you know, what your circumstance is, um, but they typically include things like credit bureau monitoring, uh, fraud protection and alerts, um, score tracking and alerts so you can be notified when your credit score changes, um, there's also some score simulators, and that's basically a way for you to understand what an impact to your credit score may be if you happen to get a car loan or if you want to get a um, home loan. You can do simulators to determine what that impact could be. And on the reverse side, if you want to see what your score would, how your score would be impacted if you start paying off debt, that's what the score simulators um, can provide. Um, some credit repair companies also, uh, you know, discuss or provide housing counseling and uh, mortgage lender referrals, uh, ID, ID theft insurance or fraud detection um, uh, options. Uh, they can also provide financial coaching and education. And these, these packages can often range from $30 to, you know, up to $100 a month, again, depending on uh, the package that you sign up with and also what you're trying to um, improve. But before you hire any credit repair company, you know, again, I would recommend that you take a look at your own credit report, which you can get for free. Um, and, you know, a couple things to watch out for when you're looking at companies. Are they asking for payments up front before they even start any work? Um, or if they're even charging for a consultation, right? Um, number two, insist that you never... Uh, they insist that you never contact the, the credit bureaus yourself. You know, if a, com if, if a company's telling you not to do that, you know, there's probably some flags that should be going up, right? You, you have every right to reach out to credit bureaus directly. Um, number three, if they advise you to dispute um, information that is accurate on your report. So again, you know, if you had something that impacted your credit score a few years back, and they're trying to help you increase your score by telling you to dispute something that you know is factual, um, that's a flag, right? Um, number four, um, they tell you to provide phony information on your application 
uh, for for credit or a loan, right? So if they're giving you guidance that just doesn't seem right or goes ag against what you should be uh, completing, again, flag. Um, and number five, uh, they forget to review your legal rights when, when they explain their services. So again, with these credit card companies, they have to abide by uh, very specific rules, certain things they can and can't do. Um, and if they're not explaining that to you in depth and or providing you the written information that explains what they're they're providing you or what you will be receiving as their service, um, again, just be cautious before you you give them your money. All right, so that takes us to the end of today's podcast. Um, if you're interested in hearing more um, similar topics, uh, please visit my website, uh, behavioralwealthconsulting.com. If you're looking for um, uh, financial coaching, I do offer uh, individual and or group type sessions. Um, you know, again, if you'd like to hear uh, about any specific uh, topic for in future episodes, uh, please email me at behavioralwealthconsulting at gmail.com. I'd love to hear from you and, um, you know, we'll get a chance to put uh, some topics that you might be interested on future shows. So with that, again, appreciate you joining today's podcast. Take care. Thanks for listening to the Behavioral Wealth Consulting Podcast. For more information on how we can help you design an effective financial strategy through behavioral changes, visit us at behavioralwealthconsulting.com. <laughs>